What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. guys drink the water when you travel it to a hotel absolutely not no no i'm afraid I get bottled. to yes i'm with you i'll pay that fucking fee i just, I just drink liquor when in diet pepsi wait no hold on a second when we went to new orleans i definitely drank the water in the sink uh-uh. i was, re- I was oh. really hung over any kind of hydration there was no hydration that happened for the entire trip so i feel like <laughs> At that point, I guess if you're in a hotel and you have no way, like you're too hungover to go to the front desk or go anywhere else, then I guess it's acceptable to drink from the sink. Why? Well, let's just say you're going to really wish you had never done that after we finished. Oh, I'm sure episode. I was always going to never wish to do that. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm I gonna, regret everything at I this re- point. Yeah, you're going to only <laughs> drink bottled water ever again. Welcome to the Creeps in the Crypt, guys. <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves because we forgot to do that last episode. Um, my name's Eric, and I'm joined by Christian and Sam. Yes, I'm Sam. I'm Christian. Thank you for introducing me. No problem. <laughs> I'm the bane of your existence. We know you don't need. To- yes. <laughs> I'm insufferable. <laughs> I still love you. Oh, that's so good. And today Someone's we're going to. Someone's got to. Yes. <laughs> because like sometimes <laughs> I want to strangle you. Um, but I don't want to end up on this show being As covered. It, you oh. end up on Doc Murdy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we would like end up like murdering each other. And then like Sam would go on to like quit this podcast because there would be no host because you would be in jail. Yes. And then she'd be like, let me cover my past co host. <laughs> this is the final episode of Creeps of the Grand. I'm the only creep left. I'm the only creep left. murder suicide. It's very on brand. I know, right? <laughs> she's like the only one talking into the mic, like it. Mm. And she's like, I'm the last creep. I'm the last creep standing. It's going to literally be like Survivor. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Eric voted Christian off the island. I know, and then with voted a knife. himself, <laughs> and then voted himself off with, with a candlestick. <laughs> oh my god! In the parlor. In the parlor. Yeah. I know. It's like a fucked up version of the fucking game Clue. <laughs> so today, guys, we're going to pick up where we left off. Part two of the Cecil. Yes. In part one of the Cecil Hotel, we covered the dark history. Of the Cecil Dark Hotel. Dark and twisty. 
Yes. I was going to say, I kind of feel like the Cecil Hotel was like something out of foster care. And that's not even like a mean way of saying it. It just feel like it wasn't given the opportunity to be a good hotel because of where it was located at. A. B. Of the time period that it came about. Yeah, it was literally like three years before the Great Depression. It really was. And it just like went downhill after that. So fast. Let's just say it it's a black mark in Hollywood's history. There's a lot of black marks. Eh, Would you say it was a skid? (laughs) Yeah, it was right off a skid row. Uh (laughs) (laughs) The skid mark. (laughs) The skid mark hotel. So the trademark hotel. (laughs) God almighty. So perhaps out of all the deaths that we covered out of last episode Mm -hmm. from the Cecil Hotel, there's one that stood above all of them. Is being mm-hmm. the most iconic. Yes, it is. And that is the mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. Also known by her Cantonese name as Lamb Ho Yi. And now I have a hankering for a Lamb Hoagie. So <laughs> oh my God, that sounds delicious. It really fucking does. It does. It does. does it have bok choy on top of it? Uh, I can make it like that for you. <gasps> oh my God. And some, like, wasn't she from Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, she, my God. Somebody used to come up with an Elisa Lamb sandwich. Poutine. No. Yes. Oh God. With teriyaki poutine. Yes, teriyaki. Um, <laughs> we're fucking awful. Yeah, we're going to hell. <laughs> the death of Elisa Lamb, though, is riddled with weird coincidences. The deeper you look into it, many of these connections gave rise for far out conspiracy theories, crazy amounts of YouTube mm-hmm. videos. And we'll be covering most of these at the end of the episode. But before we go any further, we need to figure out who Elisa Lam was. So Elisa Lam was the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong. And she was a Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Although she was not registered at the beginning of 2013. She hadn't been to school since... Since last semester. Yeah, the last semester ended. Wow. Prior to her death... Elisa was a blogger, often writing openly about her mental health battle because Elisa had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She was on Tumblr a lot. Interesting fact that I didn't put in here, but after her demise, her Tumblr kept updating. That was my eyes getting wider. (laughs) So they think that... Insert sound of Sam's eyes wider. (laughs) Yeah. So they think that she had had posts scheduled. (gasps) Oh my God. they never found her phone. <gasps> so she thinks she lost her phone. Like they think they she lost her phone um prior to that. Uh-huh. And they weren't sure if like it was the person that could have killed her was uploading to her stuff or oh, what body chills. Yeah, seriously. It's not because it's cold in here. It we do keep it on ice in here. Yes. It is a crypt after all. It is very it much is like a crypt. A, it is very much like a morgue. We're very <laughs> on brand with that. Yeah. About to say it's a morgue. <laughs> I keep I keep us on ice. Bodies on ice. <laughs> so because Elisa had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression, um, which for those of you that don't really grasp what bipolar disorder is, it entails cycling of manic and depressive moods. Severe mania can include psychotic features such as hallucinations, delusions, paranoia, catatonia, and lack of insight. Mm-hmm. She had been prescribed four medications to treat her disorders. Dexatrin, 
which is a stimulant prescribed for ADD and ADHD and narcolepsy. Where am I at with this? Lamitol. <laughs> Lamictol is the second one. An anticonvulsant and mood stabilizer prescribed for epilepsy and bipolar disorder. Seroquel, an atypical antipsychotic prescribed for schizophrenia, bipolar, and major depressive disorders. Effexor, an SNRI antidepressant prescribed for major depressive disorders. Generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and social phobia. Well, Butrin, atypical antidepressant described for depression and smoking. Mm-hmm. According to her family, who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret, Elisa had no history of okay. suicidal ideas or attempts, although one reported claim she had previously gone missing for a brief period. In mid in the mid-2010 era, Elisa uh, began a blog, and over the next two years, she posted pictures of models in fashionable clothing and accounts of her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In January of 2012, Lamb lamented that a relapse at the start of the current school year term had forced her to stop and drop several classes, leaving her feeling so utterly directionless and lost, is the quote. Mm-hmm. She titled her post, You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life. I feel that. A little over two years after that, Lam, uh, after Lamb started blogging, she announced that she would be abandoning her blog on Blogspot for a, another site. And she started blogging on Tumblr. It was Its content was mostly considered uh, fashion photos, quotes, and a few posts in Lamb's own words. But the same quote, you're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life, was used as the title. Hmm. So, now you just changed the way that I think about this. And I, I will share it at the end. Because mm-hmm. I have theories. Yeah. Have I. Uh, after mm-hmm. hearing that. Well, no, not even not even that. I. Uh, the whole like she wasn't registered for classes. So now we're going to get into the disappearance of Elisa Lamb. Okay. So on January 26, she arrived in Los Angeles. After two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel near downtown Skid Row, which we covered in the last episode. Right. Lamb was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about uh, what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as certain odd behavior. Elisa was moved to her own private room after two days of being at the Stay on Main Hotel, which was their youth hostel. I would never stay at a hostel. At the Cecil. So apparently she was writing notes on people and leaving it on people's beds, telling them to get out and stay away from her and all sorts of weird shit. Hmm. So it says in the Netflix documentary. The Netflix. The Netflix. I haven't been impressed with any of Netflix's like docuseries that they've come out with so yeah, far. Either. So Elisa contacted her parents in British Columbia every day while traveling the United States. But on February 1st, 2013, the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel and leave for Santa Cruz, her parents did not hear from her and called the Los Angeles Police Department. Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. So they called the police frantically, frantic the day she disappeared. Because she hadn't called him. She hadn't called him. But she had also lost her cell phone. Do we know for sure that that was the time? 
at that point that her they cell did not, phone was gone. They did not know that at that point. But well, no, I mean, like, have they been able to figure out that she didn't have her phone on her? Not at this point. Not to any research I could find. Okay. But that's just a tidbit for later on. So hotel staff who saw Elisa that day said she was alone. Outside the hotel, Katie Orphan, the manager of a nearby bookstore, ironically named The Last Bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing, very lively, very friendly. While getting gifts to take home for her family, Orphan told CNN, she was talking about what books she was getting and whether or not she was getting uh, going to be able to travel with them if they were too heavy or not. So police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. Basically, they couldn't go in every room. Uh, they searched Elisa's room, had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop. So basically, they didn't have a search warrant. Yes. Like a, like a legit, like, uh, search every room search warrant. So... Sergeant Rudy Lopez said they could only search every room if they had probable cause and mm. they had to believe a crime had been committed. So they couldn't just search every room. And in the they hotel. didn't know yet. Yeah. So uh, when the dogs were searching through the building, they did find her scent leading out to a fire escape on the top floor. But the dogs searched the roof and did not find her scent. Hmm. On February 6th, a week after Elisa had last been seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to more public attention through the media. On February 15th, after another week with no sign of Elisa, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of Elisa Lamb taken alive and it gives me the like full body chills oh this is but this is, like, this the is last some weird video shit they have of her yeah uh, like it's the last time we ever see her alive so the video taken of her was caught on a uh, elevator video surveillance camera on february 1st so it's supposedly the last sighting was midnight around midnight on february 1st in approximately the two and a half minutes of footage, Elisa alone makes unusual movements, gestures, leaving the elevator at one point while its doors remain open. The doors never close through this entire video no, and until the wild. very end. Um, even after she appears to have pressed every button, when the doors fail to close after she returns to the elevator because she leaves the elevators twice. twice. Yeah, twice. Uh, when the doors fail to close after she returns, she leaves and the doors close later. Can we post a link in the... Yeah. Let's post a link in the description. Of the actual video? Of the video. But I'm sure we can find like this. I found one on YouTube. Oh, okay. For Talk Murdy's. Yeah, we can do that. Because um, a lot of people and nobody... I mean, if you haven't seen this video, then you need to see the, the behavior. Yeah. It's very odd and very, very unnerving. Odd. Yeah. Um, the video drew worldwide interest in the case due to Elisa's strange behavior. It was reported widely, including uh, on the Chinese video site, Yu Ku, which 
I don't know if that's a thing of YouTube over there. It might be. It sounds like it. Where it got 3 million views and 40,000 comments in its first 10 days. That's crazy. M- many of the commenters found it unsettling to watch. It's not. Uh, yeah. I would have to. Agree Several theories evolved to explain her actions. One of that was Elisa was trying to get the elevator car to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. Others suggested that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, but none was detected in her body during the autopsy. When her bipolar disorder became known, the theory that she was having a psychotic episode also emerged. Other viewers argued uh, the video had been tampered with before being made public. They claimed parts had been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage had been removed This could have been done to protect the identity of someone who otherwise would be in the video, either related or not related to the disappearance. Yeah, like if you, whenever you watch the video, the timestamp is obscured. Yeah, you can't even read it. (laughs) Yeah, no, you can't. You can't make any number out. You can see the numbers changing, but there's no way to tell what time it is one of the biggest complaints i've read about the video is it it's so pixelated but what do you expect yeah. from a closed circuit security yeah, it's camera a cctv yeah. surveillance i mean but i feel like in 2013 there should have been better video quality i mean there's not great video quality out there today well, even after you watch the video like there's a point in the video and like you brought it up like when we rewatched it um it looks like her face is being blurred, blurred out. It looks like it's being blurred out, but that may not be. It, it may be distortion be, from the video. It may be untampered with, and that's the reason why well, the video it, looks kind of doesn't look right. It's just like it's the, definitely been tampered with. Yeah, there's no way that it's like that. It doesn't. There's no time lapse. Like way that a time lapse, like just in a video, like the way it was just recorded, would actually come out like that without being tampered with. Supposedly, there's like. Four minutes missing of her, like, of her in the elevator. Okay. Now that is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot can happen in four minutes. Yeah, there's like minutes. It's not one minute. It's not like seconds. It's minutes, plural, hmm. of her in that elevator, and uh, it just like jumps to time i can't see you can't see the time because it's been well, it's it's there's almost like this weird black strip going across yeah the it's time. like they put letters or num- more numbers on top of it mm-hmm. and it, i remember this from the documentary it took them over 20 hours Did to find the clip yeah, like they, they were near the the a whole day of searching that's suspicious yeah. And it was even the day that she went missing. Because they had a, an idea of when she went missing. Right. So it's not like they had to scour through videos over like a week long period. Well, they, no, it, it did take a, it took them a composite time of 24 hours. Okay. Because you have to remember what was going on in LA at this time. Christopher Dorner was shooting, he went to war with the police. So uh, they didn't have a lot of manpower to focus on Elisa Lamb's case. Yeah. Which could explain some of the mishandling of yeah. the case. Yeah. I mean, it's in L.A. I mean, you can't expect that. I mean, there's like we're human interaction of like trying to decipher something. There's Mm going to be mistakes. 
obviously they try their best to keep it like the mistakes minimum. But when you have that going on and then you have limited staff actually going through the video footage, then yeah, it probably took them a while. But they're, the video that they actually did find and actually released probably may not be the video that they actually did find. No, it's definitely been tampered with. Be it by the Cecil itself yeah. or someone of higher ranking wanting to protect whoever's in that video. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, something's odd with the video. We can all agree on that. Yes. So this brings us to the next segment of this episode mm-hmm. on Elisa Lamb. We're going to be discussing the discovery of Elisa Lamb's body. So during the search for Elisa, guests started to complain about low water pressure and a sweet, disgusting taste to the water. The water was sickly black, which led to a immediate investigation of what was causing the problem. And on the morning of February 19th, nearly three weeks after Elisa's disappearance, Santiago Lopez, a maintenance worker, discovered the body during an investigation of what was causing the issues with the water in one of the four 1,000-gallon tanks located on the roof providing water to the guest rooms, the kitchen, and a coffee shop. How's that one, guys? I mean, if I'm still, like, if I'm unimaginably hungover, I will still drink that sink water. I don't even care. No. No. You're going to drink dead girl water? Yeah, (gasps) dead girl water. Somebody please come up with a liquor bottle that's dead girl water. Uh, Rob Zombie can do it. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I need you to to do this. This needs to happen. He's a spooky entrepreneur. They were, like, complaining that the water, like, tasted funny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What is sweet Yeah. What is sweet But there's a fucking dead girl in it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know that at the time. but, tastes like decay. Uh, uh, that, that's what uh, sweet, disgusting tastes like. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I'm just no. gonna leave that alone. I would have to lie. I I don't even know how to disinfect my insides, but I would have to disinfect my insides if I drank that water. Uh, I can't uh-uh. drink some bleach. Sam's I'm done with you. Sam's here like bleaching her insides, like just thinking about this. Gonna bleach my asshole. I know. Now, you All can right. do that if you want to do an OnlyFans, not if you drinking dead girl water. Facts. A dead girl water, though. So, <laughs> through the open hatch, Santiago Lopez saw Elisa lying face up in the water. Since its maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate the equipment needed to remove her body. It's three days. It's a, yeah. Um, let's just say it, this is a crime scene at this point. Absolutely. So, Home girl not looking the same. Well, She's, it's a it's a crime scene. Mm-hmm. You need to keep the body intact. Right. Yeah. You can't scrape it against. Well, at this point, tank. isn't her body like because it's in full on decay? And it's, it's been bloated sitting and, shit. In, and it's been sitting in water. We're going to go over that in Ooh, just a second. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm excited. You're Ooh, you about- girls are jumping the gun. Oh, I'm excited about the decay. That's just where it is. <laughs> All Let's right. just be facts here. So on February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report released in June stated that her body had been found naked with clothing similar to what she was wearing in the elevator video and was floating in the tank, coated it with sand-like particles. So her body was covered in with sand-like particles. Hmm. 
her watch and room key were also found. Elisa's body was moderately decomposed and bloated. It was mostly greenish with some marbling evident on the abdomen and skin separation evident. Mm. So her skin was starting to slough uh, off. Oh yeah. That explains the the water <clears throat> quality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So all no the, Brita filter is saving you yeah, from that. Yeah, no there's, Brita there's no filter. Bri- oh, not even Alex Jones's water filters can save you from that. Oh, you did bring Alex into this. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> There was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Uh, toxicology test showed traces consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings, plus non-prescription drugs such as Sinatab and ibuprofen. What's it, Sinatab? It's like Sudafed. It's a cold medicine. Okay. Uh, a very small quantity of alcohol was also present in her system. But no recreational drugs were found, which discredits the she was on ecstasy or some type of date rape or party drug. So I have a question because I don't do drugs. Um, if like you like your role Molly, I don't know. Is that honest? did I say that right? I yeah, you got this. You're so cultured. <laughs> you were so cultured. <laughs> I rolled a molly back in my day. (laughs) Anyway, so like if you roll molly like two days prior and then you die, like how long does it stay in your system? Like did she have to do it like two days prior? And so it would stay in her system if she died. Like if she was on it that night, it would still be present? present in her system. What about alcohol? Well, they found alcohol in her system. That's what I'm saying. But what if she was like, had high alcohol content when she actually passed away? Then her away? blood would, she didn't bleed out. So it all the blood was still in her body. Because there was no waste that would. Well, well uh, her skin was separating. Exactly. Yeah, but so there, was still, the there was still blood in her veins and, and heart. So. Okay. This is just such a strange case. I can't. Yeah. The more facts you give about this case, the stranger it fucking yeah. gets. The the you can't just take one piece of evidence. She had cold hope. medicine and alcohol. She could have she could have had some Nyquil. I mean, it was uh, it was a low Sinutab. Well, I mean, tab. Well, Sudafed doesn't have like alcohol in it because it's not a liquid, but Nyquil does. Yeah, but. I mean, but I'm this just is, saying, like, she could have had, like, she could have taken some NyQuil for the alcohol. Let, let's put it this way: her blood alcohol level was about zero point zero two. So, like, not even a full drink. Yeah, no. no. So it could have been like cold medicine, exactly, or some kind of something. So investigators and experts have, however, noted that the concentration of her prescription drugs in her system indicated that she was under medicating, or mm-hmm. had stopped taking her medications. Recently, Yeah, I remember that. So what you have here is somebody who needs to be on anti-psych meds and bipolar meds. Who isn't taking them. Who isn't taking them. Which would lead to the... Psychotic episodes. To the manic episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the irrational arm movements and talking to herself. She, she was suffering from a mental breakdown. And she probably... Went up on the roof to like get hide. Maybe 
from what who what she thought was some some demon after. Yeah. Uh, or something some, that some because you get paranoid. Some That's, entity. Severe being. manic episodes will lead you to like paranoia. Like you feel like people are after you. But this leads to the big question. How did she end up on the roof and how did she get in the water tank? Yeah. So in this next segment, we will be discussing these two things. The investigation had determined how Lamb died, but did not initially offer an explanation as to how she got into the tank in the first place. Doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked, with only staff having the passcodes and keys, and any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm that would have rang on the top two floors Mm -hmm. in the lobby. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen that night. It did not. The hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures. Her scent trail was lost near a window that connected uh, to the fire escape. But the dogs didn't, I almost said scent her on the roof, smell her on the roof. They did not. But they lost the trail at the window leading to the fire escape. But if they went to the roof and didn't smell her... Was she not there? Just saying. Do we know how long she'd been in the water tank? Does the coroner report ever say how long? Uh, about three weeks. Oh. I mean, she died that night. Well, I mean, she definitely could have died that night. But was her Her lungs body... were full of water. Okay. She died from drowning. Well, there went that idea. Sorry, Sam. Oh, sorry sorry to could, burst your bubble. Oh, she was about to go make her own YouTube channel and, and yeah. hit toss. So, <laughs> the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures. Her scent trail was lost near that window like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. A video posted to the internet by a Chinese user after Lamb's death showed that the hotel's roof was easily accessible via the fire escape. And that two of the lids on the water tanks were open. That was my eyebrow raising. Mm, yes. I just like, okay, so they just leave those things open like all the time. It's like. You would think with how grimy the air quality is in that's LA. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I would the, be keeping those things like, like shut. And locked. Yeah. Because all I could think of is like some crackhead from Skid Row being like going up or and climbing. A, Canadian tourist or Canadian tourist and going and being like, you know what this water needs? It just needs a little bit of spice and like pissing in the water tank and or shitting in the water tank or something. Something along those lines is where I took or like any of those things or falling into it themselves and dying. Yeah. Mm. Like a recurring thing. Well, a bit of spice. Yeah. Apart from that question of how she got on the roof, others have asked if she could have gotten into the tank by herself. All four tanks were four foot by eight foot cylinders propped up on concrete blocks. There was no fixed access to them and the hotel workers had to use a ladder to look in in the water. So the hotel workers had to have, had to, there was a ladder on the roof. Yeah. Uh, was the ladder, I think it was fixed. To it. No, no they, it, wasn't. it wasn't fixed because oh. there was probably one ladder and they could move them to each system. Oh, I got you. I'm just going off of the like, the, like the so. footage. It looked like yeah. a metal ladder that was like fixed to it, and you could like walk around mm-hmm. like a platform that they were on. So these uh, cylinders were protected by heavy lids, and I'm saying that with air quotes, 
and it would be difficult to replace them from within. So people always talk about the lid like it was a goddamn bank vault door. It was just an easy open hinge door. Yeah, it only hinges on like one side. Yeah, it, so it flips open. Right. Like um, a hatch. Yeah. If she didn't fully open it, but rather lift the lid and squeezed in, then gravity would have closed it. Right. It would have slammed back shut. But it was open. It was open. But originally it was reported that it was closed. Hmm. So the hotel employee who found her said that the lid was open at the time, removing the issue of how she could have closed the lid from inside. Do we know if the ladder was at that cistern thing? The tank that she was in? When that Santiago? I don't know. It, we don't know that. Only the maintenance guy knows that. He was yeah. the maintenance guy. That's what I'm saying. The only person who would know that is the maintenance guy. My thought is the dog probably sniffed those things and the police moved the ladder when they were inspecting the roof. Maybe. I mean, that's... But realistically, probably the damn ladder was right there attached to it. You like, think so? Yeah. It was probably propped up next to it. It's just like a hatch door. It, it's literally like... You just it, it might weigh 20 pounds. Right. So it wouldn't be hard for her to get in there. No. So from here on out, we're going to be talking about the strange circumstances that keep on coming up. I like the strange circumstances. We're very well aware the death of Elisa Lamb is just fucking weird. It all around. All around weird. It, there's no question that any of anyone can ask. From the the internet firestorm to the that the video caused to mm-hmm. the, the video itself to some other circumstances. There's no question to clear anything up. And the amount of synchronicity involving this case is just beyond insane. There's a movie called Dark Water that I've is never seen that. I've not seen it. I would like to. But the circumstances of Elise's death have been compared to the plot of the 2005 horror film. It's an American remake of a Japanese film. A mother and daughter move into a rundown apartment building. A dysfunctional elevator and discolored water gushing from the building's faucets eventually lead them to the building's rooftop water tank. Where they discover the body of a girl who had been reporting missing from the building earlier that year. Eyebrow raise. Yeah. yeah, seriously. It's literally... Elisa Lamb. It's Elisa Lamb's story. Yeah. And this came out in 05. 2005? 2005. So... She died in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was 21. Yeah. Died. So... That's very fucking weird. Yeah. Yep, I wrote her, her eyebrows are her, her going crazy over there. <laughs> the last place where anyone saw Elisa Lamb was eerily enough the last bookstore. But the name wasn't the only strange coincidence. If you look up the last bookstore's domain, you'll find a postal code in its registration information. V5G4S2. Some of the online internet sleuths inspired by the elevator video mm-hmm. put the postal code on into Google Maps and found that the pinpoint for this postal code is Lamb's burial site. That Forest, got two eyebrow raises. Yes. I know, seriously. 
Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Canada. That's the zip code for it. That is the zip code for that area. So why would why would it a uh, bookstore in LA have a zip code for a Canadian cemetery? That's where the website domain is registered out of. No way. Yep. It, you can actually go onto the last bookstore's domain. I don't know if you can still do this, but at the time you could and view its registration information. So the last bit of information before we go into a segment Sam will be talking about. It's my favorite. <laughs> is the tuberculosis outbreak on Skid Row. So the test for tuberculosis is called the Lamalisa test, but it's spelled Lamalisa. After Elisa Lamb died, a tuberculosis outbreak plagued Los Angeles, especially among the homeless community in Skid Row near the Cecil Hotel. Not suspicious. That's suspicious. The test for tuberculosis was literally her name, but backwards. The Lamb Elisa. So the conspiracy theory immediately speculated that Lamb was effectively a biological weapon of sorts to call the homeless population of Skid Row. That seems a little far-fetched for me. Hold on. It gets fucking weirder. I can't imagine this case getting any weirder. They discovered that she was a student from the University of British Columbia, mm -hmm. which has a reputable tuberculosis research center. That was one eyebrow going up. This particular theory has disturbing, disturbing eugenic undertones According to the theory, Lamb died because she either knew too much or planned to expose whoever sent her. But according to her autopsy report, Lamb did not exhibit any signs of tuberculosis. So, I was just about to be like, so they infected this girl to go infect the homeless people? The th well, the theory is you can get tuberculosis by drinking dirty water. Gross. Yeah. So she was like, what, some sort of like... Bioweapon. They... Stucker told her that she was going to die in that water tank and that she needed to drown herself. End of story. Thanks for coming to our podcast. No, I'm just like joking. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, there's really, there some sort of was, sacrifice. Yeah. I was really thinking that that theory was going to go somewhere completely different. I wasn't going biohazard with it, but okay. Yeah, we, we were Respect. Resident Evil with it. Drinking dirty water. Oh, God. The next theory we're going to talk about is where Sam's going to take over and discuss the elevator game. Yes. So the goal of the elevator game is to enter into another dimension. And what you need is a public building, which the game prefers a hotel. Check one. It prefers a hotel with at least 10 floors and an elevator, obviously, because it's called the elevator game. Mm -hmm. So, jumping right into it, do not proceed with this ritual if someone gets on the elevator or if one of your friends gets off. So, you can play with more than one person, but it, I say they, whoever created the game, prefers you to be alone. So, the directions of the game... You enter the elevator on the first floor and you press the fourth floor button. Once you get to the fourth floor, you'll press the second floor button. Then you'll go to the sixth floor, 
you return to the second floor and you go to the 10th floor and then you go to the fifth floor. It's here that the doors will open and a person will enter the elevator with you. Do not look at her and do not talk to her. She will try to ask you questions or antagonize you to get to get a rise out of you. You have to ignore her under all circumstances. You press the button for the first floor and one of two things will happen. The A, the elevator will descend to the first floor. When the doors open, exit the elevator and do not look back or speak. And B, if the elevator goes up, you've been allowed into what's called the other world. When you reach the 10th floor and choose to exit, the woman may try to stop you. The 10th floor will look slightly different. There will be no one else on the floor. Some people who have successfully performed the ritual say that when you look out the window, you see a red cross in the distance. If you choose to exit the elevator and explore, you have to follow the exact steps you performed to reach the other world to get back home. If your surroundings on the first floor look even the slightest bit different, do not exit. You have to repeat the steps until it looks normal, and then you just exit the elevator. So, needless to say, I would say the Cecil Hotel would be the last goddamn place (laughs) I would want to play this fucking game. No, absolutely. Uh, Given its dark pedigree of murder and death. Back then, I don't think a lot of people did a lot of research about where they were staying. No. So she might not have known. Especially her being from Canada. Like, she doesn't know who Richard Ramirez is. She's staying in downtown L.A. right next to Skid Row. In a youth hostel. Yeah. She didn't do any research. There was no research that was involved. There was none. None whatsoever. No. So, what do you guys think? I enjoy the, like, paranormal side of it. And, like, the elevator games, like, the ritual games, they're so fascinating to me. Like, I kind of hope that that's what she was doing. But I, what I didn't know prior to this was she hadn't registered to her spring semester of classes. I had no idea that she didn't. So that brings, that kind of throws a wrench in my theory that she, because she sounds like she didn't plan on coming back back so you think she committed suicide i don't think so no or do you think she just took a semester off to travel maybe um from what i saw in that god-awful docuseries she was trying to find like a purpose yeah and maybe she i mean she wanted to travel and she uh was exploring California, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, I, I remember being 21. I was pure, sort of, sort of pure and hella naive. Maybe she just trusted the wrong people. She was like really friendly and like, yeah, super she, nice. She like, she, her Tumblr post was like, Applications accepted yeah. for like f- new friends in the area. Yeah. Anybody. Skid Row. 
anybody could have seen that and been like, okay, pretty Asian girl yeah. traveling alone. Yeah. Skid Row and the Cecil in general. Do you think she was possibly murdered? Yes. Okay. I think, I mean, regardless with lung, with uh, water in her lungs, I think maybe she, not, maybe not strangled, but like somehow asphyxiated. Somebody in threw some her. Way near near death into the water tank. Maybe knocked her out and then threw her in Maybe. The, I mean, she had no blunt force trauma, but... But this no. is also, like, they, they didn't handle this case as well as they probably should have. No. I don't think so. So I, I think you had limited resources. Yeah. But I feel like back in even 2013... You got, you got to realize, A, how many fucking murders happened in L.A. That's every true. Day. Yeah. A. B, Chris Dorner was waging war on the police. He'd killed several police by this point in time. So it was like all hands on deck for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he was killing cops. And you know how that shit goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's revenge time. So my theory on this is that she had been off for meds, or at least not taking them regularly. Mm-hmm. She went into a manic episode. Which we see in the elevator. Right. She's talking frantically and moving her hands in a very weird like ways. Like she's casting a spell or something. Yeah. Yeah. Very eerie it how is. she's doing it. Yeah. And then she gets back on the elevator and then she's hiding in the corner of the elevator. It's like cowering like she's afraid to that someone's going to come around the corner. But she wore glasses. And she wasn't also, wearing glasses in that she video. She wasn't wearing glasses in the video. So, the I think the reason she was bent over, looking so closely at the elevator buttons, is because she couldn't fucking see them. Or the yeah. Shit. If I don't have my contacts or my glasses, then I'm fucking blind. I think in this manic, paranoid state, she was running from something. And didn't that, have time to put her glasses on? No, no, no. I just don't, I don't think she had them on. Or could have lost them. Yeah. I think she crawled out that window onto the fire escape, went up to the roof, and then tried to find a safe place to hide. Okay. From whatever she was dealing with mm-hmm. mentally. Crawled in the cistern on the roof. <laughs> Have you ever had clothes on soaking wet? Yes. And they get real heavy? Yes. So when she went into the cistern or the cylinder on the roof full of water, it, it, you should be able to pull your way out, right? Right. In theory. But you also have an entire hotel full of 700 different rooms using water. Mm-hmm. And the water drains. Mm-hmm. Pulling her down. Mm-hmm. That's why she took all her clothes off. So she would float. So she wouldn't sink. Or at least not have so much weight on her. Because at this point, she's fucked. I think she was in a totally manic, bipolar state. Mm-hmm. Suffering from a psychotic breakdown. Hallucinating. And it was just an un- unforeseen, horrid circumstance. But you uh, think it was an accident? I think it was completely fucking accidental. 
uh, she drowned. Mm-hmm. It's not the cool paranormal spooky. No, no. But I always want it. It to makes be... the most sense. Right. I'm not saying it doesn't. If you apply Occam's razor to the situation, normally the simplest conclusion is the answer. Is the answer right? So with that, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we drop the socials? No. On mm-hmm. this, and we close the book on the Cecil Hotel. I'm checking out. You're checking out. <laughs> At least you got to. Yeah. The Hotel California. Mm-hmm. So, guys, Sam, Christian, who wants to drop the socials today? I will drop the socials. Yeah. Make sure you download the episodes. Yes. You can find us on all of all the places. All the places. If you find a place that we're not on, message us. Let us know. Yeah. Go make sure we'll you get guys, it done. Yeah, seriously. Go follow us on the Facebook. Make sure you guys subscribe. Um, make sure you guys follow us on the Instagram. That's where you're going to get the most info from us. Um, and you will actually find our link tree on Facebook and on Instagram where you can actually download and find the episodes. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's going to be it for us today. But we will see you next Friday. Yep. Stay creepy. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.